All right. Well, let's let's just dig in. I, I want to take uh, I want to take this truth of Jesus is a multiplier tonight. Okay. Um, I know we've heard this before, but I kind of want to take it a step further. Um, of what have we co-labored in this truth with him? And you know what I mean by that is I, I guess just like a, a partnership with him. What have we partnered with him more on this multiplying truth about who he is? Does that make sense so far? Um, so if I if I want to be like Jesus, um, the first thing I need to do is read his word, and then the second thing I need to do is apply it to my life. Okay, uh, I can't do one or the other. Um, I, I have to know the word and I have to apply it to my life um, or else I don't know which way we're going to go. I don't know what we're going to be multiplying and it will probably be something a little bit dangerous, correct? Okay, cool. Um, so I want to go through um, some scripture of where we're going to see him multiply a bunch. Um, and uh, we're going to go through quite a bit of scripture, but uh, it's all going to be kind of scripture that you've heard before, scripture that you've read before, um, but talking about this truth that Jesus is a multiplier and not just, you know, not just him implementing things, but he's actually wanting us to co-labor with him and to multiply what he's doing. Does that, is that cool? Yes. So Bible's ready, yeah. journal's ready. Awesome. Um, let's let's dig into this and let's have some fun. So turn to Exodus 16 with me. Exodus 16, and we'll go verse 4 through 8. We got a rattlesnake in the room. Somebody's got a rattlesnake. Something's rattlesnake. I beat you, Jaden. It's Tommy. Tommy. Get your background yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I keep getting muted? I think Lex is muting you. Why are you muting me, Lex? Because you got something like clicking in your background. <laughs> what? In my background? That won't stop. It, I guarantee you it's not me. There's nothing going on. Uh, okay, cool. That's fine. Everybody at Exodus 16? Yes. Cool. All right. Let's yeah. read it. Verse 4, um, and we'll go to verse 8. Um, and it says in verse 4, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them, whether they will walk in my law or not. Verse 5, On the sixth day when when they prepare uh, what they will bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. Verse 6, So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At the evening you shall know uh, that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, 
and in the morning bread to the full because the Lord has heard your grumbling that you that you grumble against him what are we are you your grumbling is not against us but against the Lord okay so the the part I want to really focus on uh, uh, you know to state the obvious I love this story I've talked about this story a lot of times where uh, you know kind of the meatballs uh, it cloudy with a chance of meatballs kind of setting and the uh, the bread is just starting to rain on their camp right um, and it's it's really cool uh, in verse four it says and behold I'm about to make it rain bread it's amazing okay uh, I don't I can't really wrap my head around it fully uh, because I uh, have a small brain uh, Madison will agree but I <laughs> chuckle good um, but this is an amazing thing the Lord is going to make it rain bread from heaven um, and this is uh, in this story you know we've you've probably read it before heard it before I've talked about it before but some of the Israelites hoarded up some of their bread on certain days um, and then the maggots came and ate it right if we remember that portion uh, they they gathered too much hid it away in their tents and then uh, the the bugs came and made it of rot um, and then on that sixth day like it said that we just read it uh, there was a, a double kind of portion uh, that the Lord provided um, on the uh, when the when the bread rained um, and in that it was him providing for the Sabbath correct do we understand that okay because on Sabbath we're not supposed to be working uh, or or gathering or doing anything of that manner uh, because that's what uh, the scriptures command us to um, but the interesting part about it is that uh, the Israelites still decided to go out on that Sabbath day and they didn't find anything okay so uh, what's the Lord teaching us the Lord is teaching us not to hoard okay um, and I know there was a there was a sermon that we just preached of being hoarders of oil. Uh, yes, I agree with that. That's intimacy, okay. Um, but when we're talk when we're talking about um, like, and I'm not talking about this because people are hoarding toilet paper, okay. It's just what the Lord told me to talk about, okay. So it's just yeah, I, I see. But like. I, I just want to make sure I'm not I'm not talking into the times. It's just what the Lord told me to talk about. So let's not be hoarders of things. Let's not be hoarders of what the Lord has already provided us. But let's let's trust in Him daily. Uh, the Lord was teaching the Israelites to um, to uh, to submit to Him in provision. All right. Uh, so He gives you what you need, no more, no less. Um, he knows that he knows what will fill us, right? That's been something that scripture has taught for a very, very long time. He knows what will fill his people, whether it's food, whether it's water, whether it's spiritual, whether it's my soul, whether it's whatever, he knows what is going to fill us. Does this make sense? Cool. It feels like I'm kind of getting a little darker. Let me turn. Let me go get turned the lights on. Lex is in the living room. Yeah, you can see the living room in the left. 
So I don't know if that did anything, but whatever. Okay. Really? It made it worse. It made it worse? Yeah. Frick. What do we do? We can maybe move to... Madison's lighter. How's that? What if you go to the kitchen table? You're a silver. Yeah, so you have light above you. It's, I think it's just the angle of light that's in your living room that there isn't very many. Yeah, you can turn the light behind you off. Yeah, that would help. Oh, yes. Ah. Uh, Good? Yeah, better. There. Nice. And I turned my brightness up on the computer. Okay. It'll be white. Hey, Spilly. So, um, then on the sixth day, the Lord gave them double because it was the seventh day on the Sabbath, and they were told not to go find more, but they did anyways, correct, uh, going against the word of the Lord. Are we on the same page? Good. Um, the Lord is teaching, again, that he gives us exactly what we need, no more, no less, and always knows how to fill us, okay? Uh, he's not, like, confused on okay, I don't know how to fill this person, and it's a huge surprise, and he's got to uh, analyze the situation. No, he already knows, and he knows exactly what we need. Do you understand? Good. And I think it's really cool. The uh, Israelites ate of this manna for 40 years. Um, I just think that's really cool. And it, it said... In, in the scripture later on, if you read this, that uh, it tasted like honey, uh, so the, the bread was almost sweet. So, like, the Lord was looking out for him. It wasn't just, like, saltine cracker challenge for 40 years. It was, it was tasty stuff, um, and it was good, good stuff, okay? Um, so, of course, manna, if you don't know, it equals bread. Just want to clear the air on that. Um, and this took place in Exodus, this is, uh, this is early on in the scriptures, early on in the creation of the world, you know, all of that. I, I just want to make sure I'm, I'm setting the scene for all of this so that the rest of this makes sense, okay? Then I want you to turn into uh, 2 Kings chapter 4, okay? Madison. Chapter 4, and then we'll be in verse 42. Madison. Madison. Madison for real. Madison. You said verse 32? 42. Oops, so close. Madison. Okay. Uh, so let, uh, let me read this, um, and I apologize if I... If I um, mess up the pronunciation of these words but uh verse 42 uh it says a man came from baal shalisha that's my best shot bringing the man of god bread of the first fruits 20 loaves of barley and a fresh e and fresh ears of grain in his sack and elisha said give to the men that they may eat but the servant said, how can I set this before a hundred men? So he repeated, give them to the men that they may, she that, they may, that they may eat. 
For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left. Verse 44. So he set it before them, and they ate and had some left, according to the word of the Lord. Okay? Um, so this is obviously before Jesus is walking around. Yes? And it's interesting to me because we see that uh, they, they multiplied some food again. Right? You know, we only think of Jesus as the multiplier of food, but um, Elisha uh, actually partnered with the Lord on this. Okay? And this is what I really am talking about when, we're, when I'm talking about this, this word of co-laboring with the Lord. Uh, I, I think this is so, so important because uh, it's not that Elijah commanded his people to do this. He just said the Lord said to do it. Right? It wasn't like Elijah started bossing around his people and bossing around his servants and then, you know, then throw to thus says the Lord in there to justify himself, right? It wasn't that at all. It was the Lord has already spoken this. Are we going to trust him or not? And I think that's the question that faces us a lot in life. The Lord has already spoken this, but are we going to be the ones who trust him or not? Are we going to be the ones who say, okay, you've already said it, so I'm going to partner with that. I'm going to co-labor in that. I'm going to be in this unity with you, Lord, and because I'm going to hang on that word, right? Um, so I think this is cool. You know, this is, uh, again, Old Testament. Um, and I think so often we think that the Lord is uh, angry and mean in the Old Testament. Uh, it's such a lie. Uh, that's such a non-truth, and it uh, makes me question uh, whether you've actually read it or not. <laughs> so um, he's actually very happy. He's a, he's a really good God. He's not like always uh, cracking the whip on people. Uh, he just knows what his will is. Do you understand that? Um, I think it's maybe a little bit different um, on the, I, I guess I'll say the grace spectrum. Okay. I think the Lord shows us a little bit more grace today as New Covenant, New Testament believers. But maybe not so much in Old Testament times, okay? Uh, don't quote me on that, but I, I, I feel like there was a different level of grace being showed in Old Testament versus New Testament, okay? Um, so, there, but besides the point, there was a multiplication here, correct? A cool couple things I wanna highlight on this is um, I've always told you that the Bible is very prophetic and illuminates all sorts of truth of God. So I want to show you uh, kind of what what's actually taking place in this scenario. That city name, that Baal Shalisha, I think that's how you say it. Shalisha? Sounds right, yeah. Makes sense? Sure. Shalisha? Right. Cool. This is just the city where everything took place in. Okay? But the, the meaning of those two words put together is very, very interesting of what the Lord is actually showing us through this first feeding of people, okay? Um, so that Baal, B-A-A-L, means owner or Lord. Okay, write that down if you would. B-A-A-L, Baal means owner or Lord. And then that second word, that shalisha, 
<laughs> I feel like I'm saying it wrong. That shalisha, that, is, that means uh, three or a triangle. Okay, so when we put those two together, the Lord of three. And it paints this beautiful picture early on in scripture. My dog wants to play with me. There's perfect timing, yeah? That's great. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, so it paints this picture just in, uh, in Old Testament times of this, this truth of the Trinity Lordship. Uh, it's amazing to me. The owner of the Trinity, the Lord of the Trinity, the Lord of the three. And yeah, maybe this sounds a little bit weird, like, oh, well, is Lex telling me that there's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and then a fourth? No, I'm not saying that. They all make up the Lord. Do we understand this? Okay, it would be silly if I was trying to teach you anything other than that. There's just three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? Yes. Good, good, good. Okay, so the owner or the Lord of the triangle of the trinity of the three so of course this is interesting because people back then don't have the lens that we have today correct they don't have this beautiful this beautiful canvas called the scripture that has been painted for us so that we can understand everything that the lord is trying to communicate in here right they're they're only a little bit through the scripture we have this full canvas, this full painting of what the Lord is trying to show us. Um, and there is no doctrine of the Trinity spoken of in the Old Testament. Uh, can I connect the dots of the Trinity? Yes, I can. Why? Because I see the full painting, right? But there's no speak of God saying, well, then, then, there's the Trinity, there, then there was the Trinity, Right, I can I can allude to that of in Genesis where it says, "Let us create man in our own image." Right, let us in our own image, and it, it's very interesting, correct? Of uh, that, yes, there's there's a multiple on the scene there, but it only comes into effect when Jesus is talking to us in uh, Matthew twenty eight. Um, when he says, go baptize all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the first time that the Trinity is really, really talked about, right? Yeah, maybe you could argue that uh, it, uh, it was also made um, evident uh, when Jesus was baptized. I, I, I could also agree with that, where the Father's voice spoke, that the dove descended and that the Lord said, this is my son with who I'm well pleased. Yes, I can definitely go down that as well. But Jesus almost spoke this into existence of saying, hey, this is this is how it is. Um, and the Old Testament doesn't allude to that. Does that make sense? And I almost want to I want almost want to say that Old Testament believers have a better understanding of the father and the spirit than we ever will. Um, what is it? When is, does it first, like Matthew what? Oh, say it again. When does it talk about the Trinity first? Uh, Matthew 28, I want to say it's verse 19. Okay. Somebody want to fact check that? Jaden fact checked it. Thank you. Um, 
So, like I was saying, I, I, I want to, I want, almost want to even journey to say that they have a better understanding of who the Father is in the Old Testament times and who the Spirit is in the Old Testament times. You know, I can't really even come close to who Moses is. You know, the amount of understanding he had of the Father and the work of the Spirit, I, I wish I could comprehend, right? The, he understand the promise of the Messiah, but I got to see the fullness of the Messiah, right? I get to read about the fullness of the Messiah. Does this make sense? Yes. Cool. Uh, cool. And, and uh, again, the first time we see anything talked about in about the Trinity is in Matthew 28, um, where it says, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Trinity is alluded to many, many times in Scripture, but that's the first time Jesus clumps them all together. And then Paul talks about it again through uh, Romans and through the Second Corinthians and, and so on and so forth. So then it's riddled all through the, the New Testament. Okay, um, but the reason I'm bringing this up is, is the city name. So let me bring this full circle um the city name is giving them an insight into the fullness of the manifestation of god um and i think this is amazing and we get to see god multiply bread uh in in this in this story in second kings right and this was only a hundred this was only a hundred people and so the lord you know started with with some israelites then bumps i Andrew probably knows how many of the Israelites there were. Andrew, chime in for me. Putting him on the spot. <laughs> Do you remember? It's a lot. There was a lot of them, right? There's a lot, yeah. Cool. So he's he's making he's making bread show up on their doorsteps in Exodus. Then Elisha is partnering with God again. Uh, to make uh, to break bread essentially and serve it to all uh, all hundred people, and now let's turn to Mark chapter six verse thirty. It's cool. That's <laughs> Uh, yeah, verse 30, yeah? Then we'll read to 44. Ready? Okay, verse 30 in Mark 6. Cool. Uh, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. But they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. And now many, many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. Verse 34. When they went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on all of them 
because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many, many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him, Jesus, and said, this is the desolate place and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countrysides and village and buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus answered them in verse 37, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to to them to eat? And he said to them, Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said five loaves and two fish. Verse 39. And he commanded them all to sit down in the group, to sit them all down in groups uh, on the green grass. And they sat them in groups of hundreds by the by fifties. And he, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they were all and they all ate and were satisfied and they took up 12 baskets they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish and those who ate the loaves were 5000 men okay so this is pretty pretty familiar story you've probably heard it before uh, but it's okay well, we're we're going to take a different different little look at it uh so just to kind of over i guess not over but to kind of add a little bit more urgency to this there was five thousand men uh let's assume that all of them were married that's ten thousand people let's assume that they all had one kid that's fifteen thousand people okay uh one kid back then was very uncommon uh but we won't get into that okay so let's just go a minimum of 15,000 people. Uh, I can't really wrap my head around that. I want to say the Broncos stadium sits like, what, 15, 20,000? It seats like 80. 80? I think so. Like Come 75. on. Seriously? I'm pretty sure. That's a lot of people. It's not even 80,000. It's like 55. Okay, yeah. 55? Yeah. Okay. So you get my point. That's a lot of freaking people, okay? Uh, so 15,000 people minimum. Uh, that's a lot of people. Uh, obviously, it, I've heard a comedian talk about, like, I can tell that there's like five or 13 people, but when it gets over that, then it's all confusing from there. Um, and I agree. It's all just very confusing. If it's over 13, I don't know if it's 100 or 6,000, okay? So that's just me. But whatever. Uh let me talk about something else. Okay, so this is an interesting story, and I don't feel like we talk about this piece of the story enough where Jesus comes, grabs the bread, and says, cool, I've got five of these, and then breaks it in half. I think our minds go last supper, right? Oh, he's breaking the bread in half because uh, this is him showing us that this is what he's going to do um, when he sacrifices his life for me on the cross, right? And yeah, I can see that I, uh, over my years with studying and getting to know Jesus, I think 
uh, he's very uh, intentional about everything that he does. So there's probably like 15,000 things that he was uh, symbolizing with just him snapping bread in half. But I've only limited myself to Last Supper and, um, and him saying, this is my body of which I'm breaking as a sacrifice to you. But as I was preparing this, like, when I have people over at my table, you know, we're about to do a Passover Seder at the house. And when I have a bunch of people over and we're going to do, a, you know, it's going to be 10 of us at this table. It would be really silly of me just to have one serving plate of each thing. Right? It's kind of like if you go to, uh, there's this great restaurant, one of my favorites, Casa Vallarta. Um, it's over off of, yeah, they're paying me for this, so uh, it's, <laughs> I'm just joking, they're not. <laughs> it's over off of uh, Parker and Quincy. It's my, me and my dad's favorite uh, um, Mexican restaurant. And I'm, I'm from a family of six, so what they always do is they drop um, two two uh, baskets full of chips and two things of salsa, right? It'd be really unfair if they just put one basket of chips in the middle of the table and then said, good luck, <laughs> fend for yourselves, try to eat this. And, you know, I need to be uh, Mrs. Incredible in order to reach the, the bag of chips, right? Um, so that's why they bring these two bags of chips so that then everybody can reach it. And I got to thinking, maybe this is what Jesus was actually doing. Maybe he was actually snapping that bread as an act of servitude. He was saying, this is going to be easier to serve out if I snap these pieces of bread so that I can give them to my disciples, right? We'll see this at the Passover Seder if you guys are attending, that we're going to break the bread and it's going, there's going to be different stations along this table that we'll kind of dissect through. And I believe that this is what Jesus was uh, showing us um, in this. was It's easier to serve when you start and say, I know what the Lord is doing. Let me partner with him and let me snap this bread so that I can serve. Does this make sense? Okay, let me, uh, let me kind of... Drill that into your heads a little bit more. Um, I would, Jesus would never expect people to reach over and, and try to go out of their way to serve. He's already handed the bread that you need. Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. But he's already handed you the bread that you need. And he is just asking you tonight to say, all right, let's take the bread together and let's break it together so that we can serve together. Okay, um, I believe Jesus is showing us servant leadership and co-laboring with God. Right, Jesus. Yeah, we can we can minimize things all day long because He is fully God, uh, but He's also fully man, and I don't want to diminish that. You know, He He had opportunity to say no <laughs> to God. He did because why? He was fully man. He was fully flesh. Um, but he uh, said, no, he's going to dig his heels in and say, nope, I am also going to be filled with the Spirit, and I'm also going to lay my life down with the Lord. Um, so he made that commitment to the Lord, all right? Um, 
and I know that probably maybe makes people feel a little un, a little uneasy, but yes, Jesus even had to make a commitment to the Lord, right? I don't. It's been this concept that has been, and I, I'm saying concept because I, I'm I'm wrestling with it in my mind, of like if angels can fall out of heaven, then anything's possible, right? Lucifer was a fallen angel. Then I I almost want to think that anything's possible that. Jesus had to dig his heels in and say, yes, I'm going to follow the Lord. Yes, I am still going to see this through, right? Jesus shows his humanness of, of when, he's, when he's sweating blood and crying blood of, Lord, if there's any other way. Father, if there's any other way. He shows his humanness there. And I don't want to diminish his humanness. And I feel like so often we just say, well, he's just fully God. And it came so naturally to him. And I get that. But he was also fully man, fully human. He was fully flesh, just like us. He bled. You know? It's not like he didn't bleed when he got whipped. It's not like blood didn't drip from his hands when nails got pounded through it. Right? He was a human. And I just feel like we, we, just, we just diminish that. And we just say, well, that's not even achievable because I am not God. You're right. You're not God. But neither was Elijah. Neither was Moses. And he saw the multiplication of the Lord come in full purpose in his life. Both of them did. And I think it's fascinating. Right? So what the Lord, what Jesus is portraying to us is a servant leadership. It's a servant leadership in saying yes to the Lord and this 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 uh, co-laboring with the Lord. Does that make sense? Cool. Cool. In Mark uh, 9.35, Jesus says, Anyone who wants to be first must be last and a servant of all. Jesus is just showing us how to serve. Do you understand that if you want to follow Jesus, all you have to do is say yes and serve? Not serve in like, okay, I need to fill up my, my schedule with a church organization. No, I'm not saying that. If you want me to talk more about that, great. You can invite me to coffee. Um, but like, it's all about, Lord, how can I serve you today? Not an organization, not a, not a nonprofit, not the food bank, not any of this stuff. If he tells you to, great. That's serving the Lord. Do you understand that? It's serving the Lord, which is m- most important. It's not just, okay, I feel like I should do something good and moral today. Does that make sense? And it happens by this fine-tuning of intimacy that is going to continue to wash over us if we spend time with the Word, in the Word, and do what it says. Right? That's the recipe. That's it. That's the recipe of how to follow Jesus. Read His Word and then do what it says. Read His Word, do what it says. And through that, the Spirit will train you to submit to His voice more and more. Okay? I'm not done yet. Don't worry. Hey, hey. Uh, it's good, funny guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how I used to do the uh, the podcast back in the day, just in a quiet room, all alone, with a microphone in front of me. And I, I'm like getting flashbacks to when the home was young. But we're not all alone. Everybody's just like laughing and smiling at us. All right. Anyways, 
yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus is showing us how to serve. Um, what if Madison and I had you guys over for dinner and ate before you showed up, and then there wasn't enough food for you? You'd be like, well, this is awkward, right? I think I did that to Tatum once because uh, I didn't know she was coming, and I felt really, really bad. It was last week, and I kind of want to blame Jaden too, but um, I I told him to. <laughs> so um, it's funny. Uh, she forgave me. I th- I hope. Uh, yeah. She had to eat tortillas with cheese. She ate tortillas with cheese. Quesadilla, but I don't even think we melted the cheese. But Jaden's fault. Okay. Uh, so, like I said, what if we invite? Oh, he's out. What if we invited you over and then we ate before you came and then there wasn't enough for you? You would say, wow, Lex and Madison, that's very selfish. What if we apply that same thing to our life in Jesus? If I only consume Jesus and I don't share, what's that make me? If I only consume Jesus and I don't share him, I'm being selfish, right? And I know this is a this is weird because we're talking about bread and multiplication, but it's all gonna make sense because I'm gonna tie this beautiful bow on it, and it's gonna be like, wow, Lex, that's just amazing that you thought of that, but I didn't think of it because the Lord is speaking right now. Cool? I know it's good. Okay, so um, if I only seek Jesus for my own good. I'm sorry you're being selfish. I know that's probably tough to hear, and I think it's a, it's, it's a harsh reality and it's a harsh truth, but I, I really, really think it's true. Uh, and I know some of you guys are thinking, well, then which one do I pick? <laughs> and no, you're thinking wrong. You do both. You do both. You pick both. Like we learned last week, our sharing with Jesus only comes from our cup overflowing. That's the only way it happens. Is by this, my cup runneth over. My cup spills over with me consuming so much of Jesus that therefore now I need to, I, I just have to, I have to pour out his goodness. I have to tell everybody about who Jesus is, Right? But if I'm just consumer, 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 what good am I doing for the kingdom? What good am I doing? I'm sorry, not much. Not good. Not much. We have to be, we have to be just, how do I say it differently? We have to be, um, we have to be consumers of the Lord, but then uh, immediate investors of what the Lord wants us to do. Right? That's it. How's this happen? Co-laboring. That's it. A partnership with the Lord. A partnership with the Lord. Understanding what the Lord started talking about in, in, uh, in 2 Kings. Right? The owner of the Trinity. The, the Lord of the three. Correct? This is what he's talking about. He gave us the keys in Father, Son, Holy Spirit to say, all right, I want to co-labor with the Lord. I want to multiply with the Lord, okay? This is how Jesus works. It's how Jesus works. 
Jesus was showing us, I know what God wants me to do, and I'm going to be the first one to break the bread to serve. Right? That's pretty cool, right? I know what the Lord is doing, and then I am going to partner with him right away, and I'm going to break the bread so I can start serving. Right? The interesting thing about this is when Jesus was multiplying the bread, he was multiplying himself. We have to understand that Jesus is manna from heaven. We have to understand that Jesus is the bread of life. And that's really, really good news. And it's this weird thing that bread is multiplying bread, (laughs) right? Bread is multiplying bread. But that's exactly what Jesus was doing. All the way back in Exodus, he was showing that I am the way to the promised land. And I'm going to provide for you through multiplication. And then, fast forward to 2 Kings, then wham, it hits us head on with the story of Elisha. And he's, okay, I am going to multiply bread for 100 people out of these 20 loaves. Okay, cool. Now, Jesus is going to be like, I'm up, in the, I'm up in the standards now. I've got five, and I'm going to feed 15,000. What? Why? Because bread is breaking bread. That's who he is. That's what he's doing. That's all. And he's just going to be the first one to do it. He's going to be the first one to serve. He's going to be the first one to serve. And then what happens through this? We are now a byproduct of that bread breaking. Do you understand that? We're now the byproduct of that bread breaking. And through that process, now the Lord is saying, okay, when are you going to break bread, Lex? When are you going to invest in this multiplication? When is that going to happen? Last scripture, go to Luke uh, chapter 10. I don't know if this will actually be my last scripture. This is kind of fun. I love talking about this. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Madison. (laughs) Nice. Luke chapter 10, verse 1, and we'll go to verse 12. Cool? You got nothing else to do, so I got no time limit curfew anymore, so why not? Let's just keep on going. Is that cool? Awesome. I won't. I do want to go whenever my mom calls me for dinner. So, whenever that happens. Okay, Tommy. She gonna ring a bell or? Tommy. Tommy, it's eight o'clock. You haven't eaten. No. My family, we eat very late, and also she's not gonna ring a bell. She's just gonna yell really loud. Wow. Okay. Luke ten. Ready? Uh, after the Lord appointed seventy-two others and sent them ahead of him two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending out you as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bags, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, 
first stay. Peace be to the first say. Peace be to this house. Verse six. And if a son of peace is there, son of peace, do you see this? Jaden, the man of peace. You remember this? Ha, here it is. I'll explain it later. Don't worry. I'm not excluding anybody. Let me finish reading. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you and remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide for your laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Wherever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you, heal the sick in it, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. That is quite the call from God Almighty. Yes? Go heal the sick and then tell uh, that the kingdom of God is here. Uh, cool. All right. Verse 10. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you go into its streets and say even the and say even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off against you nevertheless know this that the kingdom of god has come near i tell you it will it will be bearable on that day that for sodom then for that town okay so uh cool uh i love this i love this i love this i love this um first thing i want to highlight 72 72 people correct did we see this at the beginning after this yes. the lord appointed 72 others 72 others going to journey to say that's others aside from the disciples so a lot of people okay two by two two by two doing what they're breaking bread they're breaking bread and could i journey to say that this is because of the the breaking of the bread of the lord multiplying it sure i could i'm not going to but this is amazing because he sends out 72 to be just like him do you see that? To be just like him, to do what he is doing, to heal the sick and to tell that the kingdom of heaven is near. Do you understand that that's what the Lord wants to do with you? Do you understand it? Like this is amazing. I don't know if we understand the urgency that, that the Lord has set on this. You know, this is Luke 10 and he's already sending out guys. And saying, let's go, let's go. The harvest is plentiful. Let's go, let's go, let's go. I love it. I love it. And what if we took it seriously? What if we said, all right, the Lord has gifted me with bread. Now it's my job to be that bread. No, can I fill the shoes of Jesus? Of course not. I, I could never go through what he did. But he's actually making this declaration and this call for everybody to be like him. Right? I know we've heard that before, but have we heard it in this, in this setting? With this table being set? No. He's, he said, I'm bread. I've given you bread. Now break bread. Serve people. Tell them about bread. Give them bread. 
Whose bread? Give them Jesus. Show them Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's all that the Lord has called us to do. We've overcomplicated this so, so much, right? Well, Lord, Lex, I, I just, I never hear the Lord's voice. No, you just, you need to just be the Lord. I, I know I said that weird, but you, he has gifted you with that. He said, I am going to fill you with my spirit. Why would he do that? Oh, because he wants you to be like him. That's it. He wants you to be like him. You know, Jesus Jesus changed the entire world in, in uh, three years. You know? Oh, well, that's just Jesus, Lex. No, what I'm saying is he was fully human and he did that. And then these guys who took it over, there was these 12, 12 guys who were called uneducated, young, uneducated people. And what then, what then did they do? Oh, they kept it going. And now what have we done? Oh. Right? This is the declaration over our lives. Why would he give us the Holy Spirit if we weren't supposed to minister in the Spirit? Why would he give us Jesus if we weren't supposed to be like Jesus? Why would he call us his sons and daughters if we weren't supposed to act like it? He set the table for us. He's just saying, hey, if you, if you want to be first, you have to be last. And, but you have to serve everybody. Right? Just like it would be weird if me and Madison had you over and we ate first. It would be really disrespectful. Right? You ever wonder why the host and the hostess are always running around at the very end of the meal? It's to make sure that you are satisfied. Right? You ever wonder why your moms did that? Why your, why your parents did that? It's because they wanted to make sure you were satisfied first. And then they would take care of themselves. That's servant leadership. That's co-laboring and partnering with the Lord. That's it. There's no secret formula to this. It's simple. How do I serve people? How do I look out for people? Not just in times of crisis, you know? We just use times of crisis to prey on people's emotions. <laughs> I don't think that's how the Lord wants to be followed. I think the Lord wants authentic people who say, hey, everything's going good, but I still need Jesus. He wants more of those kinds of people. Right? I'm all in for a revival in crisis. Yeah, sure. Great. Yippee. I'm more in for a revival when everything's good. I want that kind of revival. Because that's authentic. That's real. Not just, oh, get me out of this situation. Woe is me. This guy. Not chicken little, uh, freaking bullcrap chicken little Christianity. Chicken little was a victim of everything. And he was like, oh, get me out of this situation. I'm a little chicken. And that's... Uh... That's that's how some of people oh, that's how people are acting right now. Chicken little Christians. We can't be that anymore. Right? I want to be the kind of man who says I am going to be like Jesus hell or high water. 
I'm going to be like him no matter what. If I have more money in my bank account than I've ever had, or how little how little money in my bank account, how whatever, how whatever, I'm going to follow Jesus. That's that's what people care about. They already know that this God can get them out of crisis. People acknowledge that. Oh, well, I'll be praying. Oh, sending thoughts your way. I don't even know what that means, but oh, praying. But what, a, what if everything was going good and we still followed Jesus at the same magnitude and more so and more so, right? And we took it up a notch every single day. Jesus is saying, I am bread. I am bread, period. Game, set, and match. I am bread, here, let me read a scripture so you believe me. Go to John 6. I'm not making this up tonight. This is real. This is truth. I'm telling you the truth. Go to John 6. 32. Wherever that is. Here it is. 32. Oh, yeah, this is good. Ready? 32. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. <laughs> I love this. I love it. Okay, cool. It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Verse 34 is hilarious. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. <laughs> Give me that bread always. Yes, I want that bread always. Is that our response? Give us this bread always. Not just when I feel like it. Not just when I need you, Jesus. Not when I'm just sad or when I'm lonely or when things are going bad. Great, thank you for helping me out with that. But hey, you deserve all of me. Always. Cool, let me read verse 52. And Jesus says this, this is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat it and not die. And then catch this, verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. He will live forever. I didn't even know forever was in it. I thought it was just live. He will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Do you see this beautiful picture that Jesus is showing us? Do you see it? Because if you don't see it, I don't know how to say it any different. I, I just think it's truly amazing that Jesus showed us in 16,000 different ways through scripture that he is a multiplier and that he's manna. And that his ultimate, his ultimate plan was to multiply himself through us. Wow. So, sign me up. Right? Sign me up. That's what I want. That's everything that I've ever dreamed of. 
I hope it's the same for you. Like, I'm feeling confused, so maybe therefore I should change what I'm doing and actually take Jesus at his word and say, Jesus, I'm actually going to submit to you. I'm actually going to lay my life down for you because you already laid your flesh down for me, just like you said there. And I want to be a servant for you. It's no coincidence that Paul and Peter always introduced themselves as bond slaves. Right? Oh, why? Because they understood what they were supposed to do. Jesus understood what he was supposed to do. He came to serve, not to be served. Whoever's first must be last and a servant of all. Do you see what Jesus is telling you? He's not confused. He knows what he's talking about. Cool? Make sense? This means yes. This means no. Cool? So now what? Now something's got to give. Right? Something has to give. We have to change something. Right? And no, this is not my coronavirus sermon. No, this is what the Lord just laid on my heart today at 2 o'clock. Okay? I'm not, I'm not trying to play on the media or anything like that. It's just what the Lord laid on my heart. And I want to take this seriously. He gave himself for us so that he could replicate himself through us. How? By the workings of the Spirit living inside of us. And what have we actually grasped onto that truth? That um, the Holy Spirit, that the Lord of the, th part of the three, <laughs> is living inside of me. And what have I read my Bible in that manner? And then did what the Bible says with that level of urgency. <sighs> I think the world would change. But that's just me. I think your city would change. I think everything would change. I think I would change. Cool? You know, we've things come up in our lives. I'm not diminishing that. And things get uncertain and get scary and futures look weird right now. I get it. My future looks pretty weird too. But at the end of the day, the Lord told me to be a servant. So at the end of the day, that's what I'm going to be doing. Right? Even if it is doing this online. If this is what our, our world looks like for a little bit, hey, we're here. This is not ideal. I'd rather be get a coffee shop or down in the basement but hey it's okay at the end of the day the Lord calls us to serve so we have to do it right not because we feel obligated to but because we get to <laughs> that's what it means to be in a partnership is we get to right it's not like I'm obligated to have a good marriage with Madison <laughs> right 
No, it's I get to. That's what the Lord is offering us. This beautiful partnership. Beautiful co-laboring. And he modeled it all through his scripture. And that's all we've got to do. Cool? Jaden, will you pray for us? Yeah. Dear Lord, we just thank you for who you are, Lord. Uh, we thank you that you are the bread of life from heaven, God, and that um, you never run out. Uh, Lord, you're perfect in all of your ways, and we thank you that you trust us enough to give us the opportunity to partner with you, God, in everything that you're doing um, and replicating you all over the world, Lord. So I pray that with this message, Lord, we would just take this with a boldness, God, um, that each and every single one of us, God, would understand what we carry um, and that we would move in you, Lord. Uh, we would take that opportunity to serve every single person that we encounter, Lord, um, that you would continue to set up divine appointments of people that maybe we've met before or maybe we've never met and just give us those opportunities to serve you and them better, Lord. Yeah. We thank you, Lord, for tonight, and we thank you for the sense of community, God, that regardless of whatever's going on outside, that uh, we still have you in the same capacity um, and that we still have that sense of community with each other, Lord. Yeah. So we just thank you for who you are, Lord Jesus. And it's with all this in your precious holy name we say amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, hey, make sure that you are reaching out to one another this week. You know, I'm, I'm sure people are starting to get bored. <laughs> so um, make sure that you are reaching out to one of each other. You know, if you need this platform, let me know. Uh, we are officially paying for it. Uh, so if you want to use this platform to do a Bible study on your own, do it. Um, guys group will probably go to this. Um, unless something changes otherwise. Um, but Discipleship class on Monday. Discipleship class is still up in the air. Um, you know, guys, we're just taking precaution because of Madison's line of work. Uh, that's all we're doing. Uh, if it were up to both of us, we would be in the basement right now. Uh, but, I mean, it's kind of snowing right now. So uh, <laughs> maybe it wouldn't be a good idea. But... At the end of the day, we're just trying to take precaution to make sure we're honoring you guys and honoring Madison's uh, career as well. So uh, worst case is discipleship class will be on this. Um, best case, we'll, we'll gather at the house, but plan on it being on this. Um, I have been way too excited for discipleship class to uh, postpone it. So we are definitely doing it here. Cool. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll keep you guys updated. Uh, we're, we're playing it by ear just as much as you guys are. Um, but, uh, other news garage is in remodel mode. So that's kind of cool. It looks legit already. The garage. Yeah, I guess I, let's, uh, I can walk down. 